sorry. Technical difficulties. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. Welcome to of the publishing persuasion. I'm Antonia, um, and I now have a microphone, ladies and gentlemen. So you will be getting this sexy voice in your in your ear holes. <laughs> and if you're watching, you'll be getting the sexy eyes down just at the bottom of the screen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yes. Welcome to the Publishing Persuasion, dear listeners and friends. I am Angela Montoya, author of Sinner's Isle, um, a young adult fantasy romance coming out on Halloween of 2023. And um, I'm here with with Melanie. I'm here with Melanie Schubert. She is just sexy today, you guys. I am blushing. Um, I need to see what you have in your hand, though. What is this oh, happening? Melanie, Melanie, I, let me show you real fast. So um, it was, it's really nice. So like I mentioned, I'm not getting physical arcs, right, yes. for Sinner's Isle. And I had mentioned this on a TikTok, and one of, uh, <laughs> a dear friend was like, well, you know, you could just print out your cover and, like, put it on a book. And I was like, that is genius. And she said, I'll do it for you. So she printed out like a cover mock-up of Sinner's Isle. And a mile off. Yeah, it was way back here. And you said, who are those sexy MFers? Yeah, so I have Sinner's Isle in my hand, just a mock-up version um just to like use for promo since i won't have physical arcs so so Why look i want to cry over the mock-up it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> aren't they the cutest though look how cute and they're, i just love it so perfect huh? Being it, like even though it's just a mock-up are you emotional about it yeah it was it's yes and i'm not i'm just like i almost feel like not getting an a physical arc is going to make it more fun because when I get the actual book, it's going to be the actual book with like the dedication and, you know, all the acknowledgements and like all of the stuff and, and a map. Um, so, uh-huh. Yes. So, so I'm excited. So. I yeah. love it. Can you send, print, print another one and send it to me? I'll put it in the background. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Okay. It's time, it's time for these babies to come your way. So yeah. So that what that's really really great. And um, and yeah. what did I see as well? Number seventy nine in YA fantasy category. Let me tell you something, Melanie Schubert. So I, I had no idea that like I I didn't know like yeah. to look into those categories of like new releases. And to, to see the list. And so Lissa, our dear friend, the the author of Ravel, um, like it was like, oh hey, I was looking at my rankings on the weekend and I saw this. And it was Sinner's Isle, she's right there. And so I posted about it and and then I started thinking, oh, this is silly. Like I should maybe take this down. Like I, I, who cares? Right. And and then um Catherine Bakewell, she wrote Flower Heart, um, or it's up and coming, it's coming. And she slid into my DMs and she was like, 79, she saw that's nothing. And she showed me another like clip of, I was like, Sinners, I was up there in like number 13 on another ranking on Amazon. And I was telling her like, oh, you know, I was, I was telling myself like, oh, maybe I should take this down. And and not be like excited about these things because it's just a list. And she was like, are you kidding me? She's like, this is fun. This is the fun part. These little moments, they're not little. They're these, they're these things that bring you joy and you should. You should celebrate all of these moments because who knows what's going to come next? Who knows when a good moment's coming again? So celebrate and whoever is on your side will be celebrating with you. So, so it was a nice, like, kick in the ass of just like, bitch, just enjoy this. <laughs> so, so that's what I did. I left like my post up and then, um, and so I've 
enjoyed it and I'm thankful and um yeah so it's really fun to see Sinner's Isle up there um just hanging up on Amazon lists like yes. well before it comes out so you absolutely should be screaming it from the roofs and never feel silly for it because if you look I'm pretty sure especially in that the reason that's such a big deal is it's like 79 out of like what 79,000 or something or 7,900,000 or something like and your book is not even out for like what six months I can't add I can't eight add. Months. I think yeah I know me neither but I think it's like eight months I think we've got like eight months to go so sorry yeah, it's yeah. wild and it should yeah. be screamed from the rooftops so I mean, I, I feel like that's a clear sign it's going to go right to number one on release day. I'm just manifesting that for this yeah. journey right now. Yes. But, and, and now I feel, and I'm, I'm sure I've told, I told you this yesterday, I think in my uh, drunken rantings, <laughs> but now I feel like this, I mean, I always feel this, but like this pressure to, to produce, to make sure this book is what everybody's hoping it it is supposed to be. And so I, you know, I just feel this like, oh, I just want to, here's what it is, Melanie. Let me, mm -hmm. let me just take this back. I feel like it's this need to feel like I was worth the investment. You know what I mean? Like I was worth the $18.99 or the $10.99 or what the Yoon's and Joy Revolution has invested in me. I just want to feel like I I was worthy and I was able to give them what they needed where they're like, ah, yes, thank you. And so like, I'm, I just bust my ass because I, I don't want to let anyone down about the book. And, and I, at the end of the day, I think it's like, I just want to be the, what they hoped <laughs> I, I am and, and my characters in the book. And so just know listeners i busted my ass <laughs> so i'm trying and hopefully i'll just keep getting better but you're gonna um, try because it's literally like i think yeah like it it's definitely at the root of what moves me to push yeah forward. you want to make the people who believe in you proud you want to show them this is why you put your faith in me i did it like but just by being yourself you already do that you know and like whatever happens beyond this point is a bonus you know mm. you've already made all those people proud there's no there is no visible container that you can now fill mm. that will make that feeling go away that's something you just have to know in yourself that you already do that just by existing she's been to therapy <laughs> been to therapy she knows what she is talking about and she's speaking to my soul right now it's just like yeah this is what my therapist said to me so I'm passing it on I found it really healing people oh, oh <laughs> that's good though and when she said it I was like fuck like she's right like shout out to my therapist Priya <laughs> oh. Um, it's though, but and and I think it honestly even like travels back to like childhood and not feeling maybe like loved enough or like, no, or like it is. you know what I mean. I've always been like shoved to the side, and so I want to. And so I think it's always just been in me to like prove mm. that I am like yeah. You Dude, know what I mean? So, to the preaching to the choir. Like that's a lot yeah. of I've discussed recently in therapy that like she was, I mean, I don't know. I'll just share it if it's helpful to anyone. That's what she said to me. She's like, you, you don't need to come with like this, this ready-made pitch of yourself to people. Mm. People will just love you. The real people who love you are going to love you just because you're you. There's nothing you need. You already are all these things that you feel sometimes exhausted trying to be. That is all part of you. So you don't have to try so hard to be it. And that, yeah, like the really good friends, they 
they don't need that like almost performative version they're happy with the grumpy version you know like yesterday my husband came home and like I was like the ugliest little troll I was in like trackies <laughs> I had on a lot big like boy t-shirt down to my knees my hair was greasy he's like you look so cute and I was like what the fuck like but it's those little like it's kind of a mushy cheesy moment to share but it's like those intrusive voices that have told me that like that's somehow undesirable that's somehow unpolished whatever but your real friends and I'm the same I think my friends look adorable when they're like that I don't like have this thing I think my friends are adorable when they're grumpy when they're sad so we shouldn't expect ourselves to constantly be performing either but we do Mm. because yeah like I also have that similar people please a thing we probably both had some toxic friends in our childhood who you always had to keep them happy you always had to like you know they would lavish you with love and then take it away I had a real toxic friend in primary school like that and it was like they'll just turn and so you're constantly trying to you know perform show them get get the good stuff back yes yeah it's just blocking the surface (laughs) I know I don't know if it's helpful when I share this stuff but some people seem to find it helpful so when it comes up I'll chuck some of my therapy nuggets in please do please do and I I guarantee you our listeners love it but um but mostly I love it (laughs) mostly I need it so (laughs) it's so funny because my other Angela as well she was like the other day she's like just she's like I really appreciated that. She's like, I feel like you're kind of like, you're doing therapy, but I'm getting so much out of it too. Yes, yes it's so like, helpful. Okay, my loves, I'll go to therapy for us. It's helpful to all of us, Melanie. I love it. <sighs> yes, <More> thank you. <laughs> well, well, how are you? How How is everything? Yeah, good. Like I've started taking CBD oil, which I've found to be like, definitely like, ooh, gives my body just like a little bit of calm. So that was really cool. I'm very much in love with CBD oil. <laughs> but I, I yeah, honestly, I've just been sick for the last week and a um, half. And then I got my period. So I've been living in a cave for about two weeks, but <laughs> picking up now, feeling good, querying all the agents I can. And I feel good about it. Honestly, like it's such a different mindset how I'm going about it now to before. Because I think before I was so fixed on like this small group of agents that I perceived yeah. to be successful and desirable. But honestly, I keep thinking back to Pitch Wars and I was like, when you do Pitch Wars, you have no control over who requests in the showcase. Mm-hmm. Anyone, you know, like some people had 40 agents plus request their work. And I was like, what if I approach it like that? What if I approach it like trust in like the kind of universal timing and whatever that the right person is going to resonate with my work and want to rep me and let go of this idea of being repped by like this one perfect agent. Cause half the time you find out they weren't the agent you thought they were, they like their lists are clogged. They don't even like your voice, whatever. There's a million things you can find out and yep. dream agents are no longer dream agents. Yeah. And so it's yeah. kind of just, freed me to just go for it query smaller agents query smaller agencies just query the people who I think might love this story because I believe in this story and Mm. it's been like it's really liberating to query that way so that's been good good well speaking of (laughs) uh absolutely liberating people to talk to yes we have our dearest most amazing special human Maria Jose uh, Fitzgerald that we had on today and talk about big magic you know what I mean we were blessed to have her on we were so blessed and um love her to the moon and back Mm -hmm. um do you want to do the honors Melanie or would you like me to I can do it So the delightful Maria Jose is a writer of children's books. Her favorite stories usually include animals, friendships, family, and magic. She grew up snorkeling and hiking in her homeland of Honduras, where nature and culture nourished her soul. Her debut novel, Turtles of the Midnight Moon, will be published by Knopf 
in the spring of 2023. When she's not riding, you can find her teaching, reading, walking her dogs, relaxing on the couch with her family, or maybe out on a mountain bike ride. She's represented by Sarah Crow at Pippin Proprieties. That's a tongue twister, Pippin Propri Proprieties. Right. Yeah, that is, that is. Well, let's get Maria on and you guys get to experience a bit of her magic as well. Yeah. And, and what was Surf's Up? <laughs> Surf's Up. She is magic. Surf those waves. Hello, Maria. Hi. 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 How, How are, are you? you? <laughs> so good to see you all, well, both of you. Yeah. I know. This is, it's a long time coming. It is such a long time coming. Yeah, I like mean, 2020 maybe or 2021. I mean, we've emailed. Yeah. But how wild is that? Like, time is just flying. It doesn't feel like we were like 2020 even happened or 2021 or 2022. It just feels like time just doesn't even exist anymore. Mm. I know it's it's crazy I am so happy to see you both both of your faces it's amazing I mean I listen to your podcast all the time and I see you on Instagram and we email and we DM but seeing your faces is a whole other thing because I never <laughs> watched the podcast on I guess YouTube I don't know where you put it but I listen to it on my way to work so oh that's the best I love that because it's fun it, it's always fun to chat with people that listen mm. you know because it just feels like we're all just friends you know we're all part of this this community that totally. you know and I so learned a new word for that on like another podcast called parasocial relationships have you ever heard of that no I had never heard of that but it I was listening to another podcast and the interviewee told the in your interviewers that she had a parasocial relationship with them. And the interviewers were like, what does that mean? And she was like, well, it's when you feel like you're friends with someone because you have this relationship with them parasocially through the internet, through social media, through podcasts, through books. Yeah. I that. It makes a lot of sense. It really, really does. Yeah. I feel that all the time, um, like just when you're in people's stories on Instagram or on TikTok or, you know, you're just so you're a part of their lives, like their day to day, um, you know, what they're up to. So it feels like you you really know these mm -hmm. people, right? And then you suddenly like slide into their DMs like, oh, hey, you know, this is so funny. And they're like, yeah. who, who are you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. are you? No, I'm sure it happens to you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I slide into people's DMs and I've done it on the show even. I still am horrified. It's still yeah. one of my worst, worst shows with uh, Zoraida where I had been <laughs> following her. I knew what she was up to. I knew she was like on a writer's retreat and she popped in and I'm like, oh, well, where are you right now? And she's like, <laughs> how was your retreat? <laughs> How was that burger you had for lunch? I saw you posted it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my God. Well, it's so good to see you both. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Yes. Well, let's get right into it and just like start from the very beginning. I mean, we'll intro you beforehand, but um, right. let's get into it and just talk about all about you. Let's <laughs> tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm a Capricorn. Um, very proud to be a Capricorn, very much a Capricorn. I am, um, the oldest of six children and I am from Honduras, born and raised and ended up somehow through university and work in Brooklyn and met my husband at a dog park. We both love dogs. We both had dogs. And we have three dogs. <laughs> We've had dogs our whole lives. And yeah, married, have two kids. We live in New Jersey. Yeah, and I love to write. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what? how much do you want to know? I could go on. But I love that. I, think, I have to I think... ask. I don't know much about Capricorns. So tell me, what are your Capricorn traits that you're like most proud of? That's like super true Capricorn. Super true is that we are very much grounded, but at the same time, we have high standards and we're goal achievers. And when we set ourselves 
up with a goal, which I guess is how I ended up, you know, writing a whole novel. Mm-hmm. We set ourselves up with a goal and we we go for it, you know, and yeah, and I'm I, I feel like I am. I'm grounded, I'm goal oriented for an earth sign. So um Got it. yeah. I was yeah. just gonna ask, yeah, what sign is that earth sign? That makes total sense. Yeah. I'm I love that so much. Yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty right on. Like I feel like I'm pretty much every trait, every Capricorn trait, I check it off the list. Like, yep, yep, yep. I love it. Well, I'm a Scorpio. So I feel like all the time I'll, I'll tell people that and they're like, oh yeah, it makes sense. And I never know what that means, but I'm just going to take it as a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Melanie? What are you? I'm a Pisces and I'm a very true Pisces, like, like so much to a T. (laughs) So your birthday's coming up. Yes, it is. March 17th. I'm a St. Patrick's girl. Lucky. Oh my God, that's my mother's birthday. No, we're very lucky people. And I find four leaf clovers all the time. So I'm a true St. Patty's girl. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh, that's so fun. She's magic. She really is. She finds these damn four leaf clovers everywhere she goes. And I I hunt. I hunt for these (sighs) and I never see one. So I'm pretty sure Melanie might be part witch. I'm out on that but uh and I I have to go back real fast to your love story because are you gonna write this is it gonna be a rom-com because we yeah I I don't know I've that no one's ever asked me that I've never thought to do that but it was one of those we met in January on a super frigid very snowy very cold Brooklyn New York night and I had just rescued my dog. I, I really wanted to have a dog. I hadn't had a dog in, in a couple of years because I was broke and I lived in a studio apartment. Mm-hmm. And I got this dog and I'd only had him for a bit. And I met him at the park and our dogs just started playing. But I don't know if you've ever been to a dog park in the winter when there's like off leash time. All the humans kind of huddle with their coats and like you can't see anybody's face because you're wearing, you know, your parkas and your hats. And so Sean and I were kind of next to each other, but we I, we didn't know each other. But he says to this day, I could see your eyes. That's all I could see, but that's all I needed. Oh, right. This is the most beautiful. I'm a big dog lover and dog park is very familiar vibe to me. I'm picturing this so vividly. I need the rom-com now. I need the K-drama. <laughs> I need the Netflix movie at once. At once. <laughs> That is get on it get on it <laughs> yeah no it was it was funny and then we kept running into each other at the same time so like we had we didn't exchange numbers or anything that night but we he asked me where I was from and we chatted a little bit and then ever since then we kind of stuck to the same routine where we would both walk the dogs to the park right around that same time so then we started to get to know each other <laughs> I bet that wasn't by accident. Were you going to the park a little extra? I bet he was there <laughs> all day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Warms my heart. Did you always want to be a writer? No. No, I did not always want to be a writer. Not at all. Like, uh, I didn't even think writing was something you could do. And, like, I, I always viewed authors as like this otherworldly like not part of my world kind of a thing you know all the women in my family were either teachers and I am a teacher actually but they were either teachers or you know stay-at-home moms you know a few maybe entrepreneurs here and there but I didn't nobody in my family was a writer um come to find out much later though that my great-grandfather was a writer but I never knew this I didn't know that he had published books and stuff no one really ever told me so that's kind of interesting but growing up I mean I just again I guess that's a Capricorn trait I'm I was practical you know I just never never went there I loved books I loved stories I loved movies I loved video games like we you know we didn't have that many books growing up in Honduras for like middle grade books or we had some, but they were mostly, you know, the typical, you know, bestsellers or the, or the classics, but I did read and, you know, we had stories and I just never thought of it as a career that I could pursue. But now that I am a writer that I'm writing, looking back, I'm like, wait a second, 
I used to sit and like create little stories. And like, I remember in fourth grade, like our project was to write a book and I wrote this whole story and I illustrated it. And it was about a puppeteer and his puppets who would come to life at night. And I remember this story vividly, but I never would take it to the next level. Of like, I want to be a writer, you know? It wasn't ever in something I, I thought I could do. I journaled. Words are my love language. You know, the seven love languages or whatever, the five words are it for me. And when I was in my 20s, I wrote a lot of poetry and I read them now and I cringe. <laughs> oh my God. I read some of my old poems and I'm like, but it's funny. Um, so no, I really did not want to be a writer. Wow. So what, what got you started? Yeah, that's kind of another funny story. So I, you know, I, like I said, I always loved writing. I kept a journal. I, I wrote little stories. I would do things for school, like for my students that involved creative writing. Like we did my eighth graders. We always did a project every year. Their end of year project was to write children's books in Spanish. And so like, it was always kind of in me. And then I burned out from teaching. I, I quit. I decided to take a year off. I was like, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to take a year off. I just don't know what's to come, but I just want to take a break. I had just turned 40. So this was January, 2019, right? So Capricorn again, January. And so I gave my notice 2019 and I started kind of thinking like maybe I would write but it wasn't until summer that year where I was free <laughs> like all of a sudden I didn't have to think about the fall there was no like start date for work again you know there wasn't like the clock is ticking my vacation's going to end it was sort of like I had all this time mm -hmm. and I swear to you guys like I was at home sitting on my computer just like not twiddling my thumbs, but just not really sure of what was next for me. And I thought of these two characters and I was like, Bronna and Abby and their names. And I was like, I want to tell a story. I want to set it back home. You know, I, I want to write, I was always obsessed with sea turtles. I studied ecology in college. Um, and I just was like, let me tell this story about these two girls that, you know, solve this mystery. And that kind of started the whole thing. And I wrote that first draft in 2019, like from the summer through, you know, the end of 2019 and did some revisions and, you know, we can talk about all that later, but yeah, it, it's kind of strange. It was, it's sort of like I turned 40 and like a light bulb went off, you know, yes. like it just, it just like a light bulb went off. Like I can do this. Like I can tell stories. I can write. And, and my parents would tell me that I, I was a great writer because I would write essays. Anytime I wanted something from my parents, I would not talk to them about it. I would write them a full-on essay on why I needed this or why <laughs> I should go on this trip. Yes. It was like I wrote my way through my childhood. <laughs> I, I yeah. am sorry for what I've done. <laughs> all of it. Cards. Like I'm all about cards and like writing messages for my brothers I remember my grandmother would always like cry because I would write her little poems. So I don't know. It just kind of, I turned 40 and I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do now. Ugh, I love that. It's one of those things where being an author, there is no age limit. Like there is no, I have to do this before this time. Mm -hmm. it, it, it just comes when it comes or when you can finally have the time to write. Yeah. And, you know, so there's magic there at any age and I just love like watching you thrive and here you are with this beautiful book um but before we get to your book how yeah. so you wrote it and what made you get into pitch wars because that's where we all met so yeah how, what was the process there of our beloved rest in peace pitch wars but what made <laughs> you want to be in a mentorship program so that kind of happened I knew nothing about publishing. I knew nothing about how you got a book in the hands of kids or how you even began to get an agent. So, and I wasn't uh, active on social media back then or, or anything, but Pitch Wars came about because I started querying and I guess 
when did I start querying? Like early 2020, maybe. I, my timeline is off. Like the time is just all fuzzy. But I, I after about a year of writing and revising, and I, I showed my book to some good friends and they read those early drafts. And they were like, this is amazing. Of course, they were my friends. They weren't critique partners, right? Their kids read them, uh, read the story. But when I figured out how you what query querying was and how you did all that. I went to the library. I did research. Like literally I went to the library and they have these like catalogs with agent, like emails and addresses. And they tell you what they're looking for. I guess it's a printed form of the manuscript wish list. And wow. then I started Googling agents and I would just sit and Google and like, okay, this is how it works. I read, you know, query samples, but I got a lot of rejections, you know, like it wasn't ready got a lot of rejections. I got, I think two R and R's. And then I was kind of like, okay, so I don't know like what to do. I've never really revised a novel. I've never, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I, I honestly can't remember how I found out about pitch wars. I think somebody said, you've got to get on Twitter. I think I got on Twitter. I created an account and through Twitter, I found out about it. And I applied the day everything was due, like on the due date. Like, I think I submitted my application to Pitch Wars 11 minutes before the deadline. And I was, I mean, I had a manuscript, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just like flash wrote my my cover letter and or my query. And I, I didn't get even through the all the mentors. I couldn't, didn't have time. And wow. so I think I just like clicked on, like I sort of went through the list a little bit and I clicked on three people that I thought would be a good fit. And I submitted and I said, you know what, who knows? Like, I don't know that I'll get into this. It's so competitive. Um, but, you know, Jessica Vitalis and Julie Arts saw something in my in my writing and, and they picked me and I was in shock. Like, I could not believe it. I was like, what is happening? And I remember it was like right around the elections in November. Yes. So there was like a lot going on and it was COVID and my girls were doing virtual school. Oh, so that's the other thing that happened was that after I left teaching, then COVID hit, I was just going to take a year off, maybe two, but then COVID hit and we were like, oh my gosh. And so our children were doing virtual school. And then, so then I didn't go back to teaching. I was like, I'm not, why would I go back to teaching right now? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> so I just stayed home and I was sort of there teacher and I did some tutoring like I did um I had my own little a few students that I tutored online just virtually mm. but yeah so that's how I got into pitch wars it was I mean you know it was life-changing mm. you meet so many amazing people and yeah. it's great and I just love those little kind of magic tinged moments like that where you found that just as the window was shutting and you picked these mentors that just wound up being so right for you. Like that, that kind of like big magic gut instinct stuff. It's so like, it just feels like the universe is like green lighting you like, go baby, go. And I just like, exactly. that's real magic in this world. Let's be honest. And I that love, is, yeah. yeah, I live I for those it. moments. I love to hear it. Cause it's just like, yeah, a little bit of a universal nudge <laughs> exactly it was like a universal nudge like you're moving in the right direction here are two angels for you to like guide you and I mean it was really a crash course in novel writing for me we we pretty much kept the bones and you know Jessica and Julie and I like they had me completely restructure it and rewrite a lot of it and then polish it after that I mean it was a uh, arduous process I was up very late at night <laughs> yeah I it was intense it was so intense and I think just life just COVID life and we're all virtual so now we're all here together mm -hmm. and like watching everybody else go through their revisions process it was such a wild experience mm -hmm. so intense we were just all in this bubble of like survival <laughs> but yeah. it really I mean honestly it it for me too it changed everything just I didn't know what an edit letter was I didn't know all of these things and it really just it shaped how I am today I mean it it was so wild and how fun for us to be a part of this time yeah. <laughs> 
it really is. It's this, it's like this magical thing that happened. And then now we all know so much more. I didn't know what an edit letter was either, Angela. I had no idea. I, I feel like I've learned so much about this industry in just like three years. And, yeah. you know, I tell my family, I'm like, I can't believe like I started this journey just four years ago. Like, and I know, you know, there are writers who spend years querying and, you know, who start in their 20s, you know, and they, they start so freaking young. I just met a, a writer at in Seattle at the American Booksellers Association, and she uh, is a senior in college. And she was one of the Indies introduces book. She wrote Kismet Connection. And oh, um, yes. yeah. she's in high school. She's a senior. Sorry, a senior in college. Oh, OK. Sorry. <laughs> No. no, I was starting <laughs> to really feel bad about myself. Okay, yes. no. sorry. Yeah. As the, uh, although I'm sure people have written novels in in high school as well, but yeah, senior in college, and you know it's amazing. Like I can't imagine having written a book my senior year of university. I there's no way I needed so many more life experiences to to lead me to this place. But I've always been a late bloomer. That was my thing. Like literally in school, I was called the green mango. That was like what people would call me. <laughs> well, look at you now, right? I mean, just sprinkle a little tahini on there and just eat it up. That's it's right. Like How you like me now? Little lime juice, little tahini, a little hot sauce. That's green mango. <laughs> it is right there. Shoot. Uh, that takes the longest to ripen is the sweetest. I love it, Melanie. You always have like the best <laughs> phrases, you know. Like I just heard the one about the ships rising. <laughs> it's so funny. I have to say, my little email's been popping off because I get notified when people comment. And so far, three separate people have commented like, "Yes, Melanie, it's definitely a quote." And some of them say that I definitely said it. I think <laughs> I do not she remember. Said it. I feel like you did say it when Angela said I was like I feel like I did hear this from Melanie at some point and I loved it too I was like I love this image of all the ships rising you know because of the water yes it's so good Melanie great job with that quote I think it's perfect <laughs> I mean I'm gonna take it guys thank you <laughs> no but now you've got another one under your belt which is the longest the long the fruit that takes the longest to ripen is the sweetest and I'm going to take that Yes, put it on a shirt because <laughs> you right here. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your book, what it's about? And sure. I know beautiful oh, I, I, have a, I have a copy of it. Oh, it's turtle. so pretty. And you have a turtle sweater on today, don't you? I did. I put on my keep the sea plastic free sweater. Um, so it's Turtles of the Midnight Moon, and it's a middle grade eco mystery set in Honduras. And it follows two protagonists, Verona and Abby. They're 12 years old. It's told in alternating dual POV. And Verona lives in Honduras on a coastal village. And she is sort of magically connected. There's a connection that she has that's almost magical with the sea turtles, specifically one, one, one of the turtles that comes to her beach to nest. And she's part of this um, local conservation group that tries to protect and monitor and, um, you know, work to protect the sea turtles. And then, and Abby is in New Jersey and her father is Honduran and she's sort of a budding photographer. Her whole connection to the natural world is through her photography lens, through her camera lens. And she's kind of adrift. She's kind of struggling through sixth grade. Her best friend moved away. She's kind of, you know, bummed. And so she gets the opportunity to go with her father to Honduras for the summer. He's going on a work trip. And of course the two girls meet and while they clash at first, they they come together to sort of figure out what's going on because the eggs have been being poached. And you know they start sleuthing and gathering clues and looking for evidence and putting their lives on the line really to figure it out and to bring the thieves to justice. But I mean, it's, it's sort of this, fast-paced mystery but it centers around these two characters and what their arcs are and I think really it's like about compassion and not just for the environment and um all wild living things but also for like yourself and it's about friendship and community and yeah forgiveness so 
And it's got some magical elements sprinkled in. And I know you like big magic, Melanie. So <laughs> I love big magic and and this may or may not be known about me, but I'm also like an animal, like an a major animal person. Like my initial dream job was veterinarian until I did work experience and saw a vet cut a tumor off a dog in front of me. And then I was like, <laughs> I can't handle the truth. Um so that was not, but also like, yeah, I've always loved those kinds of, and just like that mystery element, the solving that this sounds right up young Mel and current mm -hmm. Mel's Ellie, just yeah. beautiful. And I love a good friendship arc. I love mm -hmm. it working together. It sounds yeah. amazing. And the magical element, yes, you know, I do love that little bit of, I talk to sea turtles vibe. <laughs> yes. It, there's not talking, but there's definitely this almost physical connection that she has. Yeah, yeah, I won't yeah. give too much away, but she, she is connected. And, you know, I think the thread of the story is how we are all actually connected. And as somebody who studied ecology and how everything just that, that, you know, that compassion for like the other, and even if, you know, it, you're not into conservation. I think everybody can relate to there's these things that we want to protect and, you know, that are in a way um, also connected to us in some way. Mm, that's so. beautiful. And I love the reminder that we are all connected and, you know, per person to person, but also the world we live in. And, and I think it's a, a great reminder that we all need constantly, especially in a world where we're on our phones not connected we're connected but we're not necessarily connected mm -hmm. to what's around us and i and i love that i think we could we can only we only need more and more books like this as mm -hmm. that reminder mm -hmm. and that friendship is so so important and beautiful and powerful and so mm -hmm. i'm really excited for this i'm excited to read your beautiful book Yay. I love thank you guys thank you yeah and it's the beautiful cover too so I, I have my background blurred but you can see it I I just love this cover and it's really yes special. no they you yeah. they knocked it out of the park with that cover because it's beautiful good. In way now yeah. are you would you consider yourself a pantser or a plotter or somewhere in between I am completely in between. I I aspire to be a plotter but at, with mystery you have to plot like you definitely need to have certain things figured out and certain beats outlined, but I'm also very much a discovery writer when it comes to character. And, you know, I think character holds the mystery together because you want to be invested in the people in the story, not just the puzzle that's getting solved. So I like to discover my characters as I, as I write. So, I mean, I'm still figuring out what kind of writer I am because I'm sort of new, but I, I did, I did actually write two more books since Pitch Wars up till now, and I'm working on a third. Wow. So, um, I feel like what works for me is to have sort of a beat sheet that sort of outlines my main points, the main, you know, pinch point and the inciting incident and the midpoint and know who my bad guy is and kind of know the ending. But then everything in between, I fill in as I go. Trying to figure out how to do it so that it's not, I, I go back a lot because as I'm writing, I figure stuff out and then I want to go back and change whatever it was. So I'm trying to figure out a system where if I figure something out about a character and I'm like, oh, I got to go back and change all, you know, chapters one through nine, because now I figured this out. So now I'm trying to put comments for myself so that I can keep moving forward. My yes. critique partners are like, only forward, Maria, only forward. <laughs> But it's hard because I am a plotter slash discovery writer slash I wouldn't call myself a pantser, but yeah, somewhere in between. Oh, I feel that right now I'm drafting a, a new book, my like first adult book, and I'm a mess. And I think I because I just I thought, oh, OK, I know what I'm doing. I know like the beats. But then as I started writing, I'm like, I nope. I know nothing. And, and I keep wanting to be like, I'm learning. And then I'm like, oh, I need to change everything because I just learned something new that makes no sense at the mm -hmm. beginning. So I'm I'm feeling this, but I, I it's a good reminder to work on the beats because because right now I got none. So got none. I, think I need to go back because I'm a mess. I am blocked. 
Um, so this is a good reminder that I, yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think it's good to have those little points outlined, but at the same time, there's so much that comes from letting the creative process just, just happen. And also I think it's okay if you're like, I don't know what I'm like, I got nothing with this, but that's actually kind of like part of the whole process of figuring it out. It's just so messy. You know, writing a book is just, it's messy and it's in our heads. And we're like, I go to bed thinking about, Oh, I gotta, what's gonna happen with this guy, you know? And it's just kind of a mess. That's it, right? <laughs> Yeah, it is a mess. And I don't know which one of you started to say embrace the mess. But yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree because it's all you can do. And like we talk about this a lot, like the extremes of like one day where you're just like, I'm the shit. And the next day, you're just like, I am shit. Like, why do I even do this? Why did I think I could make a career doing this? Days you're like, of course, this is what I was born to do. And it's just, I don't know why it has to be like that, but I'm also trying to embrace the mess. It is. It's such an up and down. You almost have to just, I keep thinking of shit metaphors because of Sinner's Isle and because of your water rising, but almost like there's waves all around, but you just have to like keep your ship steady somehow through it and just yeah. ride those waves, I guess. Oh, I, I got chills just thinking about just ride the waves, ride them. Yeah. <laughs> Hold ride on the waves. tight. <laughs> right. Hold on tight. Cause it is Melanie. I'm with you. There's days where I'm just like crawled in a ball. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't write another line. And then there's other days where I'm like shh, pounding the keys and I'm like, yeah, 1200 words in half a day, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's so, that extreme for me, honestly, like just depends on the day. And it's like literally on the days I'm really, really high, just being like, enjoy this moment. And just right. remember when the bad time comes that you felt like this. And then when the bad time comes being like, weather this moment and just remember the up's going to come again. And yeah, it's just part of this journey, I guess. I mean, maybe it's like how we keep, lately I kind of just try to embrace all those feelings because maybe it's how we keep ourselves in check both to like do better, but also mm -hmm. to keep striving for these big goals. Cause without both feelings, I think you'd just stay in one place, but like Absolutely. those big up days, I'm like, like query every dream agent, baby. Go. <laughs> and then the other days you're just like, Oh yeah, keep learning your craft, bitch. Like just yeah. <laughs> you got to learn today some more. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this industry is not for the thin skinned. And even even once you get an agent, like 2022 was really hard for me because, you know, 2021, I got my book deal. I, you know, I started writing my second book. But then 2022, I had a lot of rejection too. Like we, there were a couple things that fell through. And, you know, even when you're already kind of feeling like, okay, I have an agent, like things are good. You could have a whole year where nothing happens like nothing happens you I just wrote but nothing else really happened you know turtles was in copy edits design was taking care of stuff marketing was taking care of stuff I was kind of hands off with it for the most part and I was just in my world and a couple of, of things were I got some rejections and yeah I just you have to weather them and just ride the wave and keep going mm, that's it right there it's 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 a beautiful reminder, honestly, mm -hmm. because it's something we all go through as writers. Mm -hmm. Now, would you say like that was the hardest part so far for you was like dealing with 2022 or what? Has yeah, I think I think book two in general has been has been kind of kicking my butt. I mean, I, I think it's a much cleaner first draft than Turtles, obviously. Um, but I yeah, it's it it's sort of you got to keep plowing and and trying to get over those humps and over those hard days I think so I think that's probably been the hardest part is book two <laughs> book two <laughs> the beast that is book two it really is no joke I mean just the the feeling creatively blocked because of the stress so I think that has been my thing when I wrote turtles I had no expectations I had no stress I had no time constraints you know, yeah. there was nothing, no deadline looming or anything. But with book two, you kind of you're contractually obligated because it's a two book deal to create this. And and it also has to be something that your your publishing house wants. And so, you know, having um, written two novels that I just absolutely loved that weren't a good fit 
as my book two um, was a little bit crushing, but at the same time, now I have two other novels in my back pocket. <laughs> That's it. You got them. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, it's been the hardest part, but it's also been the best part because mm. every time I sit down to work on this book, it's like Melanie was saying, I have these days where I'm like, this is crap. And then other days where I'm like, this is amazing. And like, I get to do this. So just reminding myself that like I get to sit here and like create these characters and there's days that I'm just so in love with these characters that it's enough to keep me going but I'm not gonna lie there were months where I was really blocked and I thought it was just because I couldn't write I was like I'm just I can't write like I was just kidding myself like but it was just that I was creatively blocked because I was stressed mm. so if you're stressed you can't be creative yeah I just love you. And, and honestly, that's what I come back to every time I have the like harder days where I'm just like, I get to do this. Like we're already winning by getting to do that, by getting to like have those days that you just like, Oh, <laughs> it's so hard. like, cause, and the, the fun part is we can look back and smile on that and laugh about it. Like it's mm -hmm. anguishing when anguishing. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I think that's a word. Brutal when you're yes. there. <laughs> but okay. yeah, like it it is a win that we get to do it and like, you know, chase this creative thing. I just love okay. everything you just said. You took me to ride a church. <laughs> and yes. I see our time has like absolutely evaporated. I have adored having you on. Seriously, I just one of those days where I forgot we were on screen and I was transported to like, if we were in a one coffee of shop chatting. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Well, I love you both so much. I'm so happy we're on this journey together. Like this is just the beginning. Yeah. Like, it's just the beginning. And that's how I'm viewing even pub day. It's like, it's just the beginning. Like, you know, no pressure. No pressure. It's just one book, one of many to yeah. come. And Oh, having you on here has just been such a breath of fresh air. Um, like we, Melanie, I can, I'm speaking for Melanie. I always do. Uh, we just love and adore you and are, we're just so excited and proud of you and happy for you and your beautiful book. And so we just cannot wait to watch you swim off into the sea of good tidings. Yes. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Surf those waves with the sea. Yeah, I'm gonna ride those waves. I'm gonna. Oh, and the tagline for turtles is "Be the wave of change." Whoa, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yes. Well, I love you guys too, and I love your podcast, and it's been such a pleasure being on here. Thank Truly. you, Maria. We love you so much. Yeah, love you guys. I know it's gonna.